Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. As we come up on the new year, we wanted to give you guys another 10 books. These different resources that Pastor Joe and myself have used over the last year to help benefit not only ourselves and our walk with Christ, but also benefit you guys with some of the shows that we bring to you. And I know for my first one, Joe, I'm excited to bring this one up because it's a topic that I love. But just like with this and any of the other books, an endorsement of any book is not an endorsement of all theology in every one of those books, some of which we will caveat, but we're trying to promote them because we do think these are beneficial to the body of Christ. And in this case, guys, and for those who have seen episodes we've done on Islam, this one is one of my favorite books, especially if you're just starting out on Islamic apologetics. This one is No God But One, Allah or Jesus by Dr. Nabil Qureshid. He had come out with his biography, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. But personally, I found that this one was better for the person that was trying to understand the theology behind so much of Islam. And I think this one does enough that you can benefit extremely, extremely from this wonderful, wonderful book. Yeah, amen. And just to tag on to that is you can look up Qureshi, uh, just go to YouTube and look up his testimony, and it is powerful. It's riveting. So I'd encourage you to check that out as well. This is The Bible Among the Mists by John Oswald. Chad and I both love Oswald. He's a great Isaiah uh, theologian. So I just think it's important uh, that you check this thing out if you can. But I, I did that last time, but I really wanted these two because these two books are similar to that book, but very different as well. In fact, one is done by Nash. It's the gospel among the Greeks or the gospel of the Greeks. Did the New Testament borrow from pagan thought? So if you're dealing with zeitgeist, you're dealing with anything like, you know, did they borrow from pagan thought or not? He also shows uniqueness, but it's interesting because uh, Oswald deals more with the Old Testament, right? He deals more with the New Testament, and he deals with some with the Old Testament as well. But I bring up this book as well, God's Rivals, and this is by Gerald McDermott, right? And McDermott, he's answered another question, why it was, has God allowed different religions? And I love this chat. He's got chapters by um, Irenaeus uh, and Justin Martyr with the Lagos and how God was speaking to people uh, just the view of the early church fathers, you know, uh, origin as well. He has three different chapters on the church fathers and how they dealt with these other religions, but it comes from it from a very biblical worldview that that Jesus is the only way. And I'm not saying you're going to agree with all their conclusions or even all their theology because there's so many uh, things that can come up in a book in the, in the course of reading a book. But these two books, I use that first one, which I mentioned last time, I use that first one to bring you to these two, but that one is worth a look as well if you haven't checked that out and you're new to this program. Well, I absolutely love Bible Among the Myths. I love John Oswald. You can check his interview out on our page because he was one of my favorite interviews that we've done. And I'm excited to read those because I haven't seen those ones yet. The next one for me is Joshua Shooping's Disillusioned, Why I Left the Eastern Orthodox Priesthood and Church. And this book was really awesome um, just for myself, personal study, seeing that we had touched a lot on Catholicism in the last year. We did an entire series examining Catholicism, and some of the parallels are there with Eastern Orthodoxy and so forth, and some of them are really, really interesting, and this does a great job 
from somebody who walked in the priesthood and ultimately when it came to the Orthodox tradition that uh, he found really no hope in it at the very end of it. And when he would talk to other fathers and so forth uh, and different parishes, they had the same kind of feelings. And um, when you deal with the doctrines of Eastern Orthodox, in the West, it's one of the least talked about um, religions. I mean, really, in terms of, hey, what do they believe in and so forth. And this one kind of exposes you to a lot of the stuff, some of the Mariology, some of the worship of icons, something that clearly was not in the early church, even though that's what they claim to have uh, their agreement with. So this was a really, really solid book. I really, really encourage you to check it out. Yeah, and I highly re- recommend that book as well. Uh, a brother that was is in our fellowship, we see him just off and on right now because he's going to UCLA. Uh, him and his family, just beautiful Christians, and he's a newer believer. And at UCLA, right by the college, the university there, uh, there was a Greek Orthodox, there's Orthodox church, and uh, people were talking about it and so forth. And he wanted to look into it. He said, it seems so dead, you know. And I said, well, I gave him a book by Shupi, and I'd just been reading that book. And I had to buy him another copy because I didn't want to give him my copy because it was just all marked up and falling apart, you know. But he does a great job. I mean, it's sad. It's sad. He goes through the liturgy. And literally in the liturgy, if you do not bow down before statues of Mary, according to liturgy, you're condemned, you know, according to uh, uh, Greek Orthodoxy and so forth. So, uh, which is totally so anti-Christ, anti-Scripture, anti-Bible. It breaks my heart. Uh, so that's a great book. And so I'll say less since I talked about that a little bit too long. Uh, this is a book called Against the Darkness, and it's a book on spiritual warfare. It's in a series of books, reformed to a degree. We're not reformed. There's a lot of books on spiritual warfare. I probably have a dozen or two books on spiritual warfare. The sad thing is a lot of the books that deal with spiritual warfare, Chad, they'll, they'll you know, exegete Ephesians 6, 12, and they might look at these as persuasion or principles and powers as different, uh, different kinds of entities or what have you. But there'll be a book on spiritual warfare, Chad, but a lot of these books, they don't go through the actual, you know, the text of scripture. They'll just jump in and just go way off the deep end and just talk about demons for the entire book. And it's like they won't even go through the pieces of armor and what they represent and so forth. So that's why I appreciate this book because it's very scholarly, uh, done in very, but it's also done with heart and with passion and recognizing that there really is a spiritual war. And it brings a lot of balance. Such an important topic uh, to really grasp on. And it, and it really is one of those things that has been pushed aside by so many to recognize that we are in a spiritual warfare. So it's, it is really, really important. And this one, Joe, this is for those who are asking about Bible commentaries. I wanted to at least grab at least one. And I am a big fan of Bible commentaries. And a lot of times, you know, there's guys like Adam Clark and Alexander McLaren and and even Wesley's Notes and so forth that have a lot of commentary on them. And those are so excellent. I really like them. But there are certain ones where, hey, I really want this guy, like Grant R. Osborne. I love his Revelation commentary. Yeah, amen. So great commentary. When you have a guy, or the Isaiah commentary, you already mentioned uh, John Oswalt. And John Oswalt's coming out with a, one on First Kings as well, First and Second Kings. So I'm excited about that one as well. But sometimes you want a centralized book where someone's like, I'm going to dig into this specific book. And that's exactly here with Leroy Fourlines, uh, Randall House Bible Commentary. This one is on Romans. It's edited by Robert Piccarelli. If you guys remember Robert Piccarelli, he was one of the guys that we did interview. Yeah, great interview. From Welch College, originally Free Will Baptist College, I believe is yeah. what it was called. And just excellent. And this commentary on Romans, absolutely one of my favorite commentaries that I have in my entire library. And I encourage everyone to check it out. Amen. I'm going to ditto that recommendation uh, four lines in Piccadilly, both Free Will Baptists. We're not Baptists, but they're great brothers. In, uh, and Four Lines, these book guys are, you know, I think Four Lines is, I, I'm hoping he's still with us. No, he, he I think passed. he just passed, he passed last yeah. year, you know. And, and But just that is a treasure trove of just good commentary. 
Picarelli does a great job as well. Uh, the Epistle of Hebrews, a commentary by Gareth Cockrell. This, <laughs> I've got a lot of commentaries in Hebrews. I've gone through it verse by verse. And my favorite commentary on the book of Hebrews is this commentary. This is a heavyweight. I love the way he writes. I love the way uh, he communicates truth, uh, the clarity. So I'm not going to say a whole lot about this, but uh, just if you're looking for Hebrews to me, is one of, it's one of my favorite books. It's all about exalting Jesus Christ, who is better than Moses, is better than the angels, better than everything, the very radiance of God's person, you know. Uh, and it, it starts off with exalting Jesus. It ends with exalting Jesus. And he captures that really well. It's also a book of several warnings about apostasy. And he treats these warnings as real warnings to real believers, uh, which a lot of the church today ignores these warnings, or they try to explain them away. He doesn't do that. In fact, he doubles down showing the reality of these warnings. So I love uh, Gareth Cockrell's uh, commentary on Hebrews. You might want to check that out. Praise the Lord. That is awesome. I always like a good commentary on Hebrews. I'm just finishing up one from a Wesleyan theologian. I'm forgetting his name right now, but I love, uh, like we said, I'm a big commentaries fan. He's so very Wesleyan nice. too. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this next one, this isn't Wesleyan as much, but this one actually comes from a more reformed perspective uh, from guys. But these are a number of essays. This one is Believer's Baptism, Sign of the New Covenant in Christ. And I really enjoyed this one because I do typically like books that are essay written by multiple scholars. A lot of times I feel like I get a lot out of them. And this one, uh, Believer's Baptism or Credo Baptism, as it may be, is something that we hold to dearly. We believe the scriptures teach so clearly. And it's nice to have some ammunition. They have a chapter uh, on the patristics and what they said and, and, and so forth. They have, I believe it's about 11 chapters on different issues in the church and what we believe in terms of having a belief and actually having a creedal form of baptism where you actually believe what's happening and aren't just getting pedo-baptized as a baby. Yeah, amen. And and just a little note on that is when Chad says it's got a chapter on patristic baptism, he's talking about, of course, the early church fathers and what they believed. So Roman Catholicism, which says, oh, well, we practice biblical baptism, really? Uh, for centuries in the early church, you know, longer than we've been a country here in the United States, they didn't do, they didn't do infant baptism, okay? And that's basically, they go through the church fathers on that and so forth. So uh, very good book. And uh, another commentary, uh, this is on Galatians, and this is by uh, Craig Keener. I love the way this is laid out, easy reading. I love Craig Keener. He's, he's good with background. And Galatians is really good as far as a, a commentary that deals with background. It's really good to have a, a commentator who is as steeped as anyone, I, any scholar I know in biblical background, especially when we're dealing with the Judaizers and the background of what was going on uh, in the Greco uh, Greek Greco world back in the day, and and uh, it's just amazing. So I, uh, the Greco Roman world of the day. So I encourage you to get this. I've just been working. I've got it's new to me, so I'm still working through different passages. But this chat, I love this man. Keener trips me out because it's like, is, are there ten of him? Because he's written so many voluminous, and it's like it's not shoddy scholarship. You're like everything's documented, footnoted, well written for the most part. I'm like. And he's done so many. I've got so many of his commentaries. And, and we don't agree with him on every issue, you know, but uh, he is conditional, you know. He is post-trib. He holds a lot of the views that we hold. Yeah. Uh, and he believes that salvation is something you, you must persevere in, which is what Jesus said. He that endures the end will be saved. And he also teaches the church will go through the tribulation. And that and he, he believes these are important issues as well. That comes out in his commentary. So, uh, And in Galatians, I think he does a really good job. When he gets to some of the uh, controversial texts, I believe he sides with what Paul was intended to say. So it's a commentary that I 
I've just been reading. I just got it recently. But what I've been reading, I'm like, wow, praise God. You, Mr. Keener, you did it again. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> praise the Lord. Yeah, and we had him on for a show to discuss a number of books. But, you know, I, I read through his First Peter commentary. I read through a lot of his Acts commentary. It's like thousands yeah, and thousands Acts is of like, pages I got it, three volumes. It's like. Yeah, four, yeah. I think it is. Maybe four. But, uh, but it's, yeah, it's humongous. It might be and five then, now. I think about it. It's, huge. it's a big part of my library. <laughs> And he also has his uh, comment, actually a book on miracles, two parts, two volumes, over a thousand pages, which started as a footnote at the bottom yeah. of uh, his book of Acts yeah. commentary. So, I mean, just just incredible, as you mentioned, on, on some of those things. So for my last one, um, this one is a fun read. And one of the things we're going through, and, and Tommy alongside helping out as well, um, with our youth group here at Blessed Hope Chapel are the missionaries. And we get to tell people about the different missionaries that God used in a mighty way. I got to teach them about C.T. Studd, um, and it was just so awesome. Uh, Nate Saint has been taught, is being taught about William Carey and so forth. Mm. But one guy that if I, a lot of my love for missionaries, well, first time reading a lot about them, was from none other than Leonard Ravenhill. And his this biography about him, In Light of Eternity, The Life of Leonard Ravenhill, this one is a lot of fun. I mean, it is amazing. It's a great encouragement. You find out that he would listen and hear his mom singing psalms and hymns and his grandma. And ultimately, it was because his dad's radical transformation to Christ that made him come to Christ and realize the prayer life. And if there's anything that we want to convict you on, it's reading scripture and being serious about your prayer life. And Amen. I always feel convicted from listening to Ravenhill, teachings he's done, and so forth, reading Why Why Revival Terries, and so forth, and In Light of Eternity is one of those things. If you want to have it, I say put it in your bookshelf and be encouraged by it. It's an awesome, awesome work. Amen. And the last book uh, we recommend to you is a book called, it's a new book. It came out earlier this year called Calvinism, A Biblical and Theological Critique, edited by David Allen and Steve Lemke. And uh, these guys are Baptist. Uh, We're not Baptist, but uh, we, we count Baptists, of course, our brethren in Christ. And and this book is just an, a massive assault against the, the false doctrines of the tulip system of Calvinism. And I like people to see, we want you to see different views of different scholars that believe different things, because ultimately you need to hold up everything in light of Scripture. But this book right here, you guys, I mean, if you're looking for a good book on Calvinism, this is a really good book on Calvinism. Well, guys, uh, hopefully these 10 books will be an encouragement to you over the next year as they have encouraged Joe and I. We got more books to read. Hopefully next year and we'll come back with another 10 or more or more. I know we always say 10. We always <laughs> add at least a couple. But uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. And thank you for everyone who has come alongside Good Fight Ministries, has supported us, Amen. prayed for us, joined on Patreon.com slash Good Fight. I hope you guys have a blessed year. And uh, just thank you guys. We love you guys. Press on in Jesus. God bless you. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.